0: the Proverbs 22 If you take the Bible and turn there with me this morning Proverbs 22 Right. if you're physically able, I'll ask you to stand with me this morning. We're just going to read one verse, Proverbs 22, and we're going to read verse number 6. We will very quietly and slowly allow the children to be dismissed. Miss Beverly's over here at the far door. If you'll line up with her, those in... Junior Church and Toddler Church. <clears throat> hey, everybody's slow is different, right? That's okay. Proverbs 22, one verse. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I didn't have you turn there, but I'm going to turn and read another verse. It's the title of our message that we looked at. We looked at this verse last Sunday night, Isaiah chapter number 30, verse number 21. And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it when you turn to the right hand and when you, excuse me, and when you turn to the left. And we began this message last Sunday night. We only looked at point number one. We're going to look at point number two this morning. And we'll look at the last thought tonight, point number three tonight. But we're looking at this subject matter. This is the way. Walk ye in it. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Now that's true this morning for us as adults, as moms and dads. As we look in Proverbs chapter 22 this morning, we have a great responsibility to help our children to walk in the right way. But the truth is we will never ever be able to teach and help our children to walk in the right way until we are first walking in the right way. And the reason that we desire for our children to walk in the right way and on the right path is so that one day when they're 70, 80, 90 years old, 100 years old, they don't have to look back with regret. Because let let, let me submit something to you this morning. You you can do your absolute best and you'll still have some regret. You'll still say, boy, I could have done that a little bit better. Could have done that a little bit more. Could have been a little bit better in this area right here. So the, the best you can do, you're still going to look back and have regret. But we desire for our children and we desire for ourselves to walk a path that one day, when we look back, it's not just a mind full of regret. Because we did not walk on God's path. Because here's the truth this morning, we know God's path. And we're going to see that this morning. Train up a child, that's what we looked at last uh, Sunday night, in the way he should go. That's what we're going to look at this morning. How do we know the way? We know the way from His Word. And I pray that we'll see that today. Father, help us and teach us in these next few moments. Father, if there be an individual here today, a man, woman, a teenager, a young person today who's never come to the saving knowledge of Christ, Father, I pray that today would be that day. Father, for us, just as Christians, as adults, as young people, Father, whether it be an adult who needs to, to train, we've been given that command. Father, may you help us to be walking on the path first And then may we be diligent about commanding and training our children in the next generation. So, Lord, teach us and help us this morning. Help our children uh, next door, Lord, use your word in their hearts again today. And, Father, we'll surely thank you for what you'll do uh, in these next few moments. Father, help those that are away from us this morning, some traveling, some sick. Father, we pray that put your hand upon them, your hand of safety, your hand of healing. And, Father, bring them back to us. As soon as possible. And we'll thank you for it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. This is the way. Walk ye in it. When we are enticed, when we are deceived to turn to the right hand or to the left, Isaiah says, This is the way. Walk ye in it. And we're looking at this subject matter. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Last Sunday night... We looked at the first part of that phrase in Proverbs 22, verse number six train up a child. And we looked at the work commanded. That word train up carries the idea of dedication, it carries the idea of hard work. Look, God gave us children for us to steward. God did not, and I gave you a couple of examples last Sunday night. Physically speaking, we are not to take our eyes off of our children, right? Because they can very quickly get away from us. Well, spiritually speaking, there's no difference. We cannot take our eyes off the ball spiritually. And I don't understand it when a child of God has children and just leaves them to themselves to raise. God has given them to us to steward and to train and to show them what the Word of God says. And to show them, yes, this is the right way. This is the wrong way. These are the right things to do. These are the wrong things to do. God has given us that responsibility. You might say, Pastor, I don't want that responsibility. Then you shouldn't have had children. Because once you had children, God gave you and God laid upon you That responsibility and that task. And by the way, it's not a bad thing. It's not a drudgery. It's a wonderful... We saw recently in Psalm 27, children are what? Heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb the Bible speaks about. It's not a drudgery. It's a wonderful thing to have children and be able to train children and to be able to raise children. But God has given us wonderful task. Train up a child, that is the work commanded. And then this morning, the second part of that phrase, in the way he should go. And this morning, I want us to look at the way charted. The work commanded, train up a child. Number two, the way charted, in the way he should go. Proverbs chapter 14, you're here in Proverbs 22. Look at chapter 14 real quickly. We're not going to venture much outside of chapter 22 this morning. But look at Proverbs chapter number 14, if you would. The Bible says in verse number 12, the Bible speaks much about the word way, especially in the book of Proverbs. It speaks much about the word way. And in Proverbs chapter 14 and verse number 12, it says, There is a way which seemeth right... Unto a man. That way is our opinion. This is how I think I ought to go. This is how I think I ought to live. This is how I think things ought to be. Okay, that's man's way. That's man's opinion. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man. By the way, what's the end of that way? The Bible says but at the end thereof are the ways of death. John chapter 14, verse number 6. Jesus Christ speaking, He says what? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by His word. So how do we know the way? How do we chart the way? What does that word chart mean? It means to map. It means to plot. Uh, Are any of you in here this morning, are you vacation planners? Do you have every stop planned out? Every restroom break, every restaurant break, every gas up. By the way, if you're like most men, does she do that? If you're like most men, restaurant break, gas fill up, and restroom break are all the same place. Right? We're not making three different stops for that. We're going we're gonna to have one exit... There's going to be somewhere we can get some food there. There's going to be a gas station and a gas station with a decent restroom in it. And we're making one stop, right? Is that how you plot it out or chart it out or map it out or no? She doesn't. See, y'all are shaking your heads different ways. Hey, there are some people, they go on vacation, boy. It, it's like a game. Man. Okay, we're going to stop here. This is where we're going to uh, stop for uh, fill-up, and, and, and we, we'll be able to make it three or 400 miles. We'll stop at this place for the next fill-up, and we don't have to get food that first fill-up, but the next fill-up we're going to get food, and, and, and there's, a, there's a rest area in between those two places. We'll stop and use the restroom and all those things. Hey, there's a good souvenir place here, and so we'll stop here. Bucky's is at exit 407. We'll stop there. Yeah, I hate Buckys. <laughs> it's, a, it's a time waster. Man, we're wanting to get somewhere, and you stop at Bucky's and you're thinking, all right, 15 minutes, fill up, restroom, get you a snack and go. And 45 minutes later. What did you say, two hours later? (laughs) But some people, they plan it out that way, don't they? Well, that's what the the idea of the word chart is, the idea of mapping. Ever heard the phrase uncharted territory? It's an area where nobody has ever been. Nobody has mapped it out. Nobody has plotted out. But let me say this, training children and, and us as adults walking on the way ourselves is not uncharted territory. It's not. Because God has charted it out for us. God has shown us what the way is. The the markers and and the plots and the charts on that way, God shows us very clearly. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That's why we can't, especially as we're raising children, we can't say, well, I think this is the right way. Okay, you may think that, but make sure it lines up with the Word of God. And if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, it's not the right way. There's a way which seemeth right unto the, uh, to man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We say it all the time. We say this to our young people all the time, to our teenagers. Decisions determine direction. Direction determines destination. That's true in every area of life. That's true with the decision of salvation. That's true after salvation. Every decision I make, it determines our direction. And that direction determines our destination. I mentioned to the young people a few weeks ago when we had our first 412 training a few Sundays ago. our, Our destination, our desired destination may be right at the center of those two back doors back there. And so we, we start out and we make a decision. That, that, that's where I want to end up. That, that's the direction I'm going to go. Well, we know what the destination is going to be. The destination is right at the center of those two back doors. But let's say this. Let's say, okay, I've made that decision, but somewhere along the way, a, another opportunity to make a different decision comes up. And maybe I veer off course just a hair whip. Not bad. I'm just off course just a little bit. Let me ask you, in a thousand miles, how far off course are you going to be? It may not matter for a mile, because in in a mile I still may not be very far off course, but in a thousand miles, how far off course am I going to be? How far away from the desired destination am I truly going to be? And So I want us to see this morning in Proverbs chapter number 22, I want us to see the way charted. And I want to give you seven different words. We're going to stay right here in Proverbs 22 primarily. And I want to give you seven different words, seven seven different, excuse me, charts, spots, marks along the way. As we live this life for the Lord Jesus Christ and as we seek to train our children to walk for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me give you number one this morning, the way charted. And by the way, the way must be charted, it must be mapped with the road map known as God's Word. Okay, we know that this morning, don't we? But that's easier said than done sometimes, isn't it? That's why He says train up. That's why He says be diligent. That's why He said there is work that is command. There's work that is required to help a child walk in the way that he should go. I want us to see, number one, that the way is charted. Look down at verse number 17. And we, we looked at these verses recently, just a few weeks ago, and so don't spend a whole lot of time here, but these are absolute vibe. They're, they're necessary. And, and please don't misunderstand Proverbs 22, it's, it's, it's the whole context. When he talks about training up a child, it's in the whole context of Proverbs 22. Notice verse number 17. The way is charted, first of all, by verity. What is the, somebody tell me, what does the word verity mean? You know, you know veritas? It means truth, verity. Look what the Bible says in verse number 17. This is Hey, this is where we've got to begin, right? Right? This is where we have to begin. It's truth. It's God's Word. Verse number 17, he says, "...bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise, and apply thine heart unto my knowledge." For it is a pleasant thing if thou keep them within thee. They shall withal be fitted in thy lips. Notice verse 19. That thy trust may be in the Lord. I have made known to thee this day even to thee. Have not I written to thee excellent things in counsels and knowledge that I might make thee know the certainty. By the way, we could have used that word right there the certainty of the words of truth. Some might say, well, Pastor, why why do you want want, uh, us and why do you want our kids to walk on a certain path? Because here it is, it's a certain path. It's the only path that is certain. Because the other paths are paths that lead to the ways of death. It is the only path that is certain. And he says here, he says, bow down thine ear. Hear the words of the wise and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. Apply it. Give yourself to my knowledge. Why? For it is a pleasant thing, verse 18, if thou keep them within thee, they shall withal be fitted in thy lips. Verse 19, that thy trust may be in the Lord. Not in something else. Not in money. Not, not, not in, a, in a career. Not in education. Not in entertainment. No, no. It, it, our, our tr- that harkens back, and we mentioned this a few weeks ago, harkens back to what? Generational hope. Psalm 78, 7 that they might set their what? Hope in who? In God. We've taught our children to set their hope in a lot of other things than God. We've taught our children to set their hope in money. And we've taught our children to set their hope in education. And I'm for education, but we've taught our children to set their hope in that. We've taught our children to set their hope in in sports what is the percentage of young people who are playing high school sports right now that actually are able to make a career out of it? I don't know that number, but it's very low. I do know that. But yet, many parents, during their children's high school years, that is what takes up the vast majority of their time. They've given themselves to it. And they've taught their children that that it's what they're going to set their hope in. And most of those kids will never make it professionally. That will never be their career path is whatever sport they're playing. Now some it might be, but that's a very, very, very minute number. Very, very minute percentage. No, we, we teach them to set their hope in God. He says in verse 19, That thy trust may be in the Lord. I have made known to thee this day, even to thee. Have not I written, have not I written to thee? Excellent things in counsels and knowledge. By the way, hold your place there. Go back to Proverbs 8 real quickly. We saw this recently as well. Proverbs chapter number 8. Proverbs chapter number 8, wisdom speaking. And she says in verse number 6, Here, for I will speak of what kind of things? Excellent things. Excellent things. And the opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth, verity... Truth and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There is nothing forward or perverse in them. Number one, the way is charted by verity. You don't have to turn there. We'll be here tonight, Lord willing. But in Second Timothy chapter number 3, you know the passage. The Apostle Paul is telling Timothy to continue. But in verse number 15 of Second Timothy 3, he says, And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto what? Salvation. That's where it all begins. That's where the charting, the mapping, that's where the path begins. It begins with truth. It begins with the truth that makes us wise unto salvation. And our children need to know the truth. We need to know know the truth. Everybody needs to know the truth because that's where salvation begins. That's where the wisdom begins that shows us, hey, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus Christ. There's nothing I can do on my own. It's all about Jesus Christ. By the way, aren't you thankful this morning there isn't anything you can do? Because there's only one perfect man. I was talking to a man yesterday. He said, you know, I'm not perfect. And I said, yeah, I'm not either. But I'm thankful that we both know the one who is perfect. We know him. And this morning, if you know him, you don't have to be perfect. Now, I don't say that to, to cause you to make excuses for how you live. I'm not saying that at all. But we're not perfect. We need Jesus Christ for salvation. Number one, the way is charted by verity. Number two, look here again at Proverbs 22. The way is charted by integrity. By integrity. Look at verse number one. The way is charted by verity. But number two, the way is charted by integrity. Chapter number 22 in verse number one, the Bible says a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. Verse 5, thorns and snares are in the way of the forward. There's that word again, way. The way of who? The way of the forward. The way of the obstinate. The Bible says, he that doth keep his soul shall be far from them. Verse number 13, the slothful man saith, there is a lion without, I shall be slain in the streets. The way is charted by integrity I, I, I threw in verse 13 I say threw in that's not the right phrase but I, I put verse 13 in there as well speaking about the slothful man because the slothful man makes every excuse in the book not to go do what he's responsible for doing even something as foolish there's a lion in the street there's a lion in, hey hey boss I can't come to work today there's a lion outside my door that 99.999 times out of 100 is never going to happen But the Bible says the slothful man will use any excuse that he can. And look, our children need to understand the way is charted, first of all, by verity. But secondly, it is charted by integrity, by having a good name. Can I tell you this morning, I am not ashamed of the name smart. I'm not saying that every individual in in my family, in my past, has adorned that name well. I don't say that, because I don't know that. But I know in my, in my immediate family, and I know my granddaddy and my daddy, they didn't do anything to shame that name. And so I'm not ashamed of that name. And we need to teach our children and help them to understand that the way that they're supposed to walk is to be the way of integrity that if you have to put aside some opportunity to make some money because it's a little sketchy, you ought to do that. If you have to go above board on everything to keep your integrity, you ought to do that because you don't want anybody to ever question anything that you have done, nothing in your life to be sketchy. Number one, the way is charted by verity. The way is charted by integrity. And mom and dad, that starts in the home. starts in the home. This doesn't happen as much as it used to because we have smartphones we have we have caller ID, but in the past someone would call someone's home and maybe the wife would answer or maybe the husband would answer and they would ask, "Is so-and-so there?" And the wife would say, "Tell them I'm not here." Or the husband would say, tell them I'm not here. Can I tell you, that's a lie. And if the children are present, what does that do in their mind? It tells them that it's okay to lie. Well, Pastor, that's just one of those little things. Hey, a hair breadth right here may not mean a whole lot to us, but a thousand miles down the road, it means a lot. It's just one of those little things, Pastor. No, no, no. Integrity. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. I don't like paying taxes just like any of you, right? That day is quickly hastening. But you know what? We ought to be honest with our taxes. I'm not saying we we shouldn't take all the deductions that we can. I'm not saying that we shouldn't use everything within the law that we can to make that, that tax amount as low as we possibly can. But we ought not cheat. And we ought not lie. A man of integrity. The way is charted by verity, truth. The way is charted by integrity, a good name. Let me give you number three. Look at verse number two, if you would. Proverbs 22. The way is charted, thirdly, by humility. By humility. Proverbs 22 and verse number 2, the Bible says, The rich and poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. Then notice verse number 4 By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. It's by humility, it's by thinking about others before we think about ourselves. It's it's about fulfilling Philippians chapter number 2 where where we look upon the needs of others and we think about others. We we have a lowly mind, the Bible says there in Philippians chapter number 2. That doesn't mean we compromise truth. That doesn't mean we don't deal with issues. That's not what I'm saying at all this morning. But I'm saying we think about others and we think we have a lowly mind. The way is charted by humility. Number four, the way is charted by charity. Would you look at verse number nine? The way is charted by verity, it is charted by integrity, it is charted by humility. Number four, it is charted by charity. Proverbs 22 and verse number nine. The Bible says, He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. Verse 16. He that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches, and he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. Verse number 19, or excuse me, verse number 22, I'm sorry. Verse number 22, the Bible says, Rob not the poor because he is poor, neither oppress the afflicted in the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause and spoil the soul of those that spoil them. The way is charted by verity. It is charted by integrity. It is charted by humility. It is charted by charity. By giving. By once again, seeing the need. Seeing someone else's need. And by the way, first and foremost, it begins... And this isn't charity. This is just doing what we all do. But it begins first and foremost by teaching our children that God deserves the tithe and the offering. God deserves... It's His... That's not being charitable. That's not saying, well, I know sometimes we call them charitable contributions. Look, that's just doing what we're supposed to do. That's not being charitable to a God who needs us to be charitable to Him. That's just being obedient. And giving back a little small portion of everything God has given us. Charity. Being obedient in the tithes and offerings. Being obedient with that which God has given us. The Bible says in Malachi, God condemns the nation of Israel because they have robbed him, and they say, Wherein have we robbed thee? What does he say? In tithes and offerings. Wherein have we robbed thee? God, we haven't robbed thee. None of us would ever think ourselves robbers or thieves. We, we wouldn't go in, we wouldn't break down a door or break the glass and, and run into a building and, and steal from a, a, a merchant or steal from a business. We would never think about doing that. But how often does it not even bother us that we rob from God? That that which He's given us, He says, you are to give the tithe and the offering. Pastor, that's Old Testament. No, 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 that's still New Testament. He tells the Pharisees. See, some people use this passage where He speaks to the Pharisees about how they lift themselves up in in giving the tithes and and they want to be seen of men. He says, look, you're not supposed to do away with what they did. He said, but you're supposed to do it in a different spirit and you're supposed to do the other things that they don't do. No, tithes and offerings are still in the Scriptures. Obedience. Obedience. The Bible says again in verse number 22, Rob not the poor. Because he is poor, I can take advantage of him because he is poor. By the way, our, our states in the United States of America do that with this thing called the lottery. The lottery is just an extra tax on the poor. That's what it is. Because they're waiting for that ship to come in. And here's an opportunity. My ship will come in through the lottery. No, it won't. It's just an extra tax on the poor. Oh, but we give it back to the schools. The schools that are going to pollute your kids' minds. That's who they give it back to. He says, Rob not the poor. Because he is poor, neither oppress the afflicted in the gate. For the Lord will plead their cause and spoil the soul of those that spoiled them. That word spoil there, the, the soul that spoiled them, the, the, the soul that came in like an army comes in and defeats and spoils and takes all the spoils. He said, God will recompense. The way is charted by verity, by integrity, by humility, by charity. Listen. We will either teach our children to be givers or takers. Please, oh please, don't teach your child to be a taker. Teach them to be a giver. Teach them to be a giver. Don't teach them that the government owes them everything. That will teach them to be a taker. Teach them to be a giver. Teach them to be a giver. By the way, the government's a taker, right? Don't teach them to be that. Teach them to be a giver. Let, let them see sometimes. When, when you and your wife or you and your husband get together and say, you know, there's a, there's a family in the church or there's a family down the street and, and boy, it just seems like they're, they're having a hard time right now. Maybe they lost their job or maybe they're just having a hard time, you know. inflation. Go buy, go buy some food right now, Right? You know, you know, all of you know, you walk out of Walmart with two little bitty Walmart bags and it's $100. Glory! You see somebody in the church or somebody down the street, I, I think they might need some help. And let the kids on it and the family together either give money, maybe let the kids give money out of their piggy bank or, or just together as a family or, or, or how, however it's done and give instead of constantly being takers. The way is charted by charity. Hey son, don't you be a taker, be a giver. You give to your society. You go out and you work a a full day's work. You go out and work a full week's work. And then you give. You give to your church. You give to your local church. And yes, you'll be, be obedient to God. But then when you see somebody else who needs something in your church, you help! Not so that everybody can see, but because that's what God desires for us to do. And God tells us right here, part of training up a child in the way he should go is to teach them that, that we're not supposed to rob the poor. We're not supposed to spoil them. The Lord will please their cause. Because the way is charted by charity. If there's anybody that, who has been given much, it is God's children. We have been given much. Spiritually, physically, financially, we have been given much. We ought to be givers. Paul says in Romans, and I understand he's not talking about money here. He's talking about the gospel. But in Romans chapter 1, Paul says, I'm a debtor. And he's talking about because he has been given the gospel and because he has come to Christ, he is a debtor. He has to give the gospel. He must give the gospel. But we're debtors. God has given and God has given. The way is charted by charity. If there's anything, I'm not going to say it that way, but one thing that my dad taught was to be a giver. And there were times he would give and in my little bitty mind I would think, Daddy, we don't even have much right now. I mean, a dairy farmer in the, in the late 70s, early 80s, milk prices were always up and down. They were fluctuating. They changed all the time. And, and they didn't change just because... Just be, uh, And by the way, they normally didn't go up. The, milk, the gallon of milk in the store may have gone up. But the gallon of milk at our tank, in, 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 the, uh, in the tank room in our dairy barn, it's still the same milk, but it didn't go up in price. And so prices were always... There were times I would think, Daddy, we we don't have much. And here he is, toting two big brown bags of groceries. And back then, two brown bags of groceries, you probably could have gotten it for like $25. And he's toting these two big brown bag of groceries, and he's taking it to our pastor. I remember things like that so vividly in my mind. Listen, parents, things you do, kids remember. That's why you ought to make the things you do good. Leave lasting influences and impressions in your children's minds. Boy, I just remember that. He didn't have a whole lot. But he was a man who gave. The way is charted by charity. Let me give you number five. The way is charted by purity. The way is charted by purity. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse number one. We've already read a good name. is rather to be chosen than great riches. Proverbs chapter number 22 I'm going to I'm going to add this verse in here as well verse number 28 remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set you know there's some things in the word of God that are pure that we ought not be changing people are changing them churches are changing them look if there are landmarks there we better make sure we understand why they're there before we ever think about moving them by the way the bible says here remove not you know there's some things that we we don't need to resettle God has already settled it. We don't need to resettle it. We don't need to move the landmark. We don't need to change the landmark. We don't need to resettle the land. God has already settled it. We need to teach them. We we, we need to chart them a way that is filled with purity. Biblical purity. This is what the Bible says. Christ says, be ye holy as I am holy. This is what the Bible says. Whether it's in holiness or any other doctrine in the Bible. This is what the Bible says. We ought to stay pure and right and clean to that purity verity integrity charity purity hey son a good name is rather to be chosen keep your mind pure hands clean heart pure hands clean heart pure hands clean heart pure i'm not saying you don't ever get any dirt on your fingers that's not what i'm talking about spiritually speaking hands clean hearts pure The way is charted by purity. Hey, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There are ways that seem right unto men today, and they're not ways of purity. They're ways of profanity. They're ways of debauchery. We're a long way away. Our society is, let me say it that way, from understanding the sanctity of marriage. Marriage means something. And now our society teaches people, you know what? Over 50%, I don't even know what the percentage is now. I know it used to be 50%. It's probably much more now. Hey, half the people get married, get divorced. Why don't you all just live together and, and, and decide whether you all can truly make it or not? That's not the way of purity. I don't say that to to condemn anyone who's ever been a part of that or or has someone in their family that that has been a part of that and, and has gotten forgiveness and come out of that. But I say that to say this, we ought to teach our children, that's not how we live. That's not how God desires for us to live. Marriage. By the way, I believe that... See, it all works together. Why do we have such a casual commitment to church today? You you see, the marriage relationship is a picture of Christ and the church. So if I have such a casual attitude toward marriage... Well, I've had so many people in my family, they've gotten divorced, and I don't want to end up like that, and so we just need to figure out if this is going to work before... No, it's not how it works! Yes, you need to figure out if the two of you are supposed to be together, but you're not supposed to live together. not supposed to have intimate relationships together outside of the bonds of marriage. The Bible says it's good for a man not to touch a woman. And that idea there is is the touch where it, it sparks a flame. It starts a fire. we need to train our children, by the way, train ourselves. That, that's not right. That, that, that's not right. Hey, son, I love you, but if you ever decide to do that, me and mama aren't for it. We're not going to pay for any of it. We're not going to have a part of it. We're still going to love you. And when you get ready to get right, you come back and we'll still be here. But so if you decide to do that, if you decide to shack up with a girl, we're not for that. Because the Bible's not for that. Because God's Word's not for that. Because God Himself is not for that. The Bible tells us in First Thessalonians chapter number 4 that we're not to defraud. We're to know how to possess our vessel In sanctification and holiness, and fornication doesn't allow us to do that. And so we chart a path of purity. Now I understand why it's really quiet in here right now because society says something totally different. Something totally, uh, your entertainers your sports stars, that's just what they do, right? They have three or four kids and never get married. We've devalued the importance of marriage. And because of that, it has devalued the importance of church and it has devalued the importance of Christ as our head and as the church being submissive to Christ. The way is charted by verity, by integrity, by humility, by charity, by purity. Let me give you number six. Just have two left real quickly. Number six, the way is charted by maturity. Look at verse number three. Isn't, isn't that our desire for our children anyway? Is to grow to be spiritually mature? Verse three. The Bible says a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Look at verse number 15. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Verse number uh, number 17 again, verses 17 and 18. Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if thou keep them within thee, they shall withal be fitted in thy lips. The way is charted by maturity. The word wisdom its the word chakma. And it refers to a person's ability to make the right decisions, the right choices at the opportune times. The word instruction in these verses is the word mukar, which means admonition, discipline, and chastisement. And then the word understanding is the word that has the the idea of discernment. And we chart a way of maturity. By the way, where does that come from? We'll see it even more tonight. 2 Timothy 3, verse 17, that the man of God may be what? Perfect. That's the idea of maturity. Where does that come from? The Word of God, verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is what? profitable it's profitable it's the word of God look we chart a path of maturity that our children when they're when when they're grown and they get to make their decisions they're spiritually mature they have the wisdom and they have the understanding to be able to make the right decisions at opportune times they have discernment they have understanding They know how to make the right choices. They know more than just good and bad. They know between the good and the best. And all of that comes from the Word of God. Would you look at verse 3 again? A prudent man foreseeth the what? The evil. And what does he do? That doesn't just happen by accident. Does it? No, no. Look again. Look again at verse 15. What is bound in the heart of a child? Foolishness. Okay, so, so, so how does a young person who's a teenager, because listen, we, we expect our young people to do right. We expect them to make right choices. We expect them when they get into those situations where, man, the choice could go either way. We expect them to make right choices. We expect them to be able to foresee the evil and hide themselves. How are they going to do that if they know God's Word? And if we teach them God's Word? And if we help them to make decisions based upon God's word, making the right choices at opportune times, the way is charted by verity, by integrity, by humility, by charity, by purity, by maturity. And then let me give you a last one. The way is charted for eternity. And I'm not, please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying if we walk these different mile markers, integrity, humility, charity, that we're going to get ourselves to heaven. That's not the point. Here's my point. The way is charted for eternity or by eternity because the way that we walk always, always, always has eternity in view. Are you saved? Alright, you're headed for eternity, right? By the way, all of us are headed for eternity whether we're saved or not. But if you're saved, you're headed for eternal life with the Lord Jesus Christ. And what does Hebrews chapter 12 tell us? Looking unto Jesus, the what? The author and finisher of our faith. Everything I do, I have eternity in view. I'm looking at... Looking unto Jesus. I'm laying aside the sin and the weight. Hebrews 12, 1 says, I'm looking at all of these people that have gone on before me. In Hebrews chapter number 11, the great hall of faith. And he said, I'm laying all that aside and I'm running with patience the race that is set before me. Looking unto Jesus. Look at verse number 19 again. Look at Proverbs 22, 19. That thy what? Trust. May be in who? Everything I do, the path I walk should constantly have eternity in view. It constantly should have Christ in view because He is the one that I'm trusting. He's the one that I'm trusting. By the way, it's not, it's not I have retirement in view. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with retirement, but not that I have retirement in view. No, I have eternity in view. You know, some people work all their lives to be able to retire, and six months after they retire, they die. I'm I'm, I'm not saying that all that hard work was, was useless. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying sometimes we 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 don't keep our eyes on that which is preeminent. Is retirement okay? Sure. And it's part of the process and it's part of what I'm doing. But my eyes, even in the midst of that, while I'm working and I'm laying aside money and I, I've got a 401k and I'm doing all that and I'm looking forward to retirement, but my eyes never come off of eternity. Because I'm trusting in him, not in retirement. I'm trusting in him. I'm not trusting in the fact that, well, I, my, my last 15 years of my life, I'm just going to travel and do all of this. And if God allows you to do that, fine. But you know what? I think the last 15 years, man, hey, you could just be more of a, a help to the church. You're not working anymore. But boy, I, I, I'm going to spend that last 15 years and I'm going to travel and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. What about Christ? What about Christ? I've told my wife it would be absolutely, it would be, I don't know, I don't know what it would be. It would be devastating. But I told her, I said, listen, I just want to die in the pulpit. I just want to go, just die right here. Just fall. Now, y'all, it would be... Wouldn't that be something? I mean, just quick... Heart attack, something, and it's glory. I'm not listen, and once again, don't miss. I am. I don't think there's anything wrong with retirement, but I'm not looking for retirement. The only retirement I'm looking for is to retire from here to there. And if there comes a time where I have to step away, my eyes are still going to be there. Because the Bible says here that thy trust may be in the Lord. Have not I written to thee excellent things in counsels and knowledge that I might... By the way, how, how, why do I trust the Lord? Because His truth is certain. That I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth. Notice he's asking the question, verse 21, and it ends with a question mark. Because in verse 20 he asked the question, Have not I written to thee excellent things? that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth, that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee. The The work commanded, train up a child, the way charted in the way he should go. What's the way he should go? It should be the way of verity, of truth. It should be the way of integrity. It should be the way of humility, of charity, of purity. It should be the way of maturity. Isn't that the desire? And all of it. Because we're constantly looking toward eternity. First John chapter number 3. Any man that hath this hope in him, what does he do? He purifies himself, verse 3 says. Why? Because he's constantly looking and has his eyes on eternity. Not, not on money. Not, not, on, not on retiring comfortably. Again, not that there's anything wrong with that. But we get our eyes upon that instead of getting our eyes upon Christ and keeping them there. And when we do that, we start to detour a little bit off of the right way. We start to get off, whether it's to the right or the left, we start to get off. The right. the And what did Isaiah say? This is the way. He said, you're going to hear a voice behind you. This is the way. Walk in. This isn't the way this isn't the way these are the ways to death no this is the way walk ye in it the way charted tonight we'll see the last part of that verse and we're going to see the walk continued and when he is old what? he will not depart from it and when he is old he will not depart from it let me ask you this morning we're done are are there those who would like your children to depart from the right path? Oh, yes. And they're working tirelessly to see that happen. That means we have to work tirelessly to keep it from happening. And so we'll see that tonight. Father, we love you. We're grateful for your word. Father, this is the way. Help us to walk in it. Father, help us as parents to walk in that way. Father, help us to train up our children to walk in that way. To walk in the way of truth, of verity, of those words that are certain. Not, not any questions, they're certain. Father, just help us. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Heads bowed and eyes calls. Miss Pam's at the piano. I don't know hearts this morning. I don't know your need this morning, but if you need to come, come. Maybe if you need to kneel where you're at. This is the way. Walk in it. Have you been, first and foremost, mom, dad, adults, have you been walking in the way? And then secondly, have you been training in the right way? Hey, teenagers, let me ask you Have you been walking in the way that mom and dad have been training you to walk? This is the way. Walk in it. Not to the right, not to the left. This is the way. The way of verity, of truth. The way of integrity. Are you truthful at school when you take a test? Or have you ever cheated? See, mom and dad, they want you to walk a way of integrity. way of charity, a way of humility. Be a, be a giver, not a taker. They want you to walk away of purity. Clean hands, pure heart. Because they want you to grow to maturity. They want you to keep your eyes on eternity. It's work. how sad that those men that played on that field last Sunday night they'll train day in and day out they'll eat right they'll drink right until after the Super Bowl they'll eat right and drink right they'll sleep right they'll exercise they'll do all of that for months to win a trophy that's going to tarnish and rust and we have trophies in our home, that if we'll lead them to the Lord Jesus Christ, they'll never tarnish, they'll never rust. And we can lay them up in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt. But we're not willing to give the work. It's too hard. It's too hard to battle against society today. It's too hard to battle against the culture. It's too hard to battle against other Christians. because they think you're too square when you're trying to train your children. I submit to you this morning that the work is worth it. The work is worth it. Train up a child in the way he should go. When He is old, He will not depart from it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, the song says. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace.